And so, hey, this, this morning, or for two weeks actually, we are going to take a break from the book of Ephesians. While I say that, we, I am going to actually use the book of Ephesians for the launching part of my sermon today. It wasn't on purpose, but I couldn't, you can't get away from it. It's such good material. But we're going to talk today, myself and Pastor Paul, we're going to tag team for two weeks together here. We're going to, we're going to launch, talk about launching the next part of our home point ministry. And uh, we launched just a little while ago. That's that resource center out uh, as you're coming in that so many of you have been using the materials for. But we told you when we launched it, that was just the first part of it. In my opinion, that was, it's a good thing. But what we're launching now is absolutely the heart and soul of our Home Point ministry. And it's a part of Home Point that we call Faith Path. And we're going to talk about that for two weeks. And it's so important to us, we're actually dedicating two weeks to launching this so that as a church we get what this is really all about. See, really what we're going to talk about is not a ministry program. What we're going to talk about is, is um, how any of us and all of us can engage in a process of spiritual growth and development that will help each of us become the kind of people that I believe we want to become. People who are growing in love and joy and grace and patience and kindness. They're growing closer to Jesus and we're becoming more like him. See, I think that's what we all want. We all want to be developed. And, you know, when we have something happen and we lose our temper, we go, I wish I wasn't like that. Or we act, react the wrong way to a child or a spouse, we go, I wish I wasn't like that. Well, there's a way that we can be not like that as much. And it's the process of growth and development spiritually. And Faith Path is all about that. So I'm super excited that we're launching Faith Path. Be honest with you, we have been working on this for years, the various parts for years. And we're finally able to put the whole thing together. And it took, it took not only administrative work, but it took getting the right people who are mature, or who are developed and called and gifted to fill the right roles so that we could launch the whole thing at one time instead of having, for instance, me just rotating things I teach. It took having all the right people to launch the whole thing and, and having all the resources and all the right classes. And so we're kind of putting it, to, we've put it all together and we get to now kind of unveil what we've, what we've been hoping for and, and longing for, for for quite a few years. So we're going to explain and we're going to launch this over the next two weeks, this week and next week. So for today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the church's role in helping people, you and I, grow in Christ-likeness to, to be discipled or apprenticed. We're going to talk about that today. What's the church's role? Because here's some misunderstandings. People have one of two misunderstandings. They always say, when it comes to spiritual development, they, they want to export it all to the church. It's the church's job to do it. But we find out that doesn't work. The other side of the coin is, it's the family's job to do it. We find out that, yes, a family, it is the family's responsibility to do these things, whether it's grandparenting or parenting, um, but the fact is, the family alone isn't equipped to do it according to God's perfect plan. That God wants a combination of the church and the family together. And so today we're going to talk about the church's role in helping people grow spiritually, and I'm going to explain how Faith Path is designed to help you help accomplish that. Next week, we're going to talk about the family's role or the home's role in helping people grow in Christ-likeness. And we're going to explain how Faith Path can help in that area also. And next week, the introductory, introductory section, Pastor Paul will do. Or today, I'll do the introductory section, and then we'll together do a, a, a back and forth in a few minutes. Next week, Pastor Paul will start, and then we'll come up and talk together. So let's begin with this. And we really thought we had to start with this so that it didn't feel like what we're trying to just do is, is start a program. It's not about a program. 
I want to establish a biblical foundation for spiritual growth. That's my plan today. I'm going to take a little extra time up front this morning to, to talk about establishing a, the biblical foundation. What's the Bible say about our growing spiritually? So you don't say, well, it's just Pastor Mark's opinion. It's not at all. It's the Bible. So then, then when, after we establish this foundation, then Pastor Paul and I are going to talk about Portview's role in helping each of you in your spiritual journey. So that makes sense? Ready to get started? All right. Let's start with this. In Jesus' final encounter with his disciples, you know your final words are important. In his final encounter with his disciples, he gave them and all disciples that would follow a mandate. He, didn't, he wasn't ambiguous. He simply looked at his disciples and he said, you have a job to do. And this is what he said. You could quote it probably with me, Matthew 28, 19. Jesus' words to his disciples and all future disciples, which is us, followers, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, there's a sermon in itself. Now, I'm reading that and I'm going, why do you need to be baptized in water? Jesus told us to go baptize people, you know. And how are we doing this? Just our idea? No, he said, I'll be with you. But Jesus says this. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Make disciples. Let's think about that. And I'm not sure we really understand what Jesus says. Even if you've been in church for a while, I'm not positive. We generally have the right picture in our mind when we understand what he is saying. Because I think what we think is he's saying, just learn a bunch of Bible verses and be able to spit them out. That's not at all what he's saying. He says, go make disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple basically, to even take a spiritual context out of it, is someone who has shown how to become like another person by following that other person. A disciple follows a leader, is taught by a leader, imitates a leader, and in the process becomes like another person in their thinking even and their actions and the way they approach things. Now maybe that the word disciple is kind of outdated for us. So maybe a word that communicates this in a more relevant way would be the word apprentice. I think we maybe understand. In fact, we have TV shows um, called The Apprentice. An apprentice is someone who learns a skill or a trade by following, learning from, imitating, being corrected by someone who is more accomplished in the trade that they're trying to learn. So for instance, and I asked Ripley this in advance, Ripley, um, who you know from our video announcements, is you might not know this, he's an electrician apprentice. So Ripley's job is, as he's working, he's learning how to become a journeyman electrician, which is the, the high-level skilled electrician. He's learning how to do that, how? By sitting with a a computer and watching a screen? No, that's part of it. But how is he really learning? He's learning it by working side by side with other skilled electricians who are teaching him how to do it, showing him how to do it, correcting him when he does it wrong. That's being apprenticed. That's what Jesus is talking about here. When he's saying, go and make disciples, he's saying, go and help people become like me, is what he's saying. Notice what Jesus didn't say, and I think this is especially in the evangelical branch of Christianity, which we're part of, where we misunderstand, because evangelical means, comes from the word this, evangelize. Evangelize means tell somebody who doesn't know about Jesus that Jesus is really real, 
and he loves them and he wants them to be in right relationship with God, right? Through Jesus' Son. That's what the evangelical really means. And so what we think a lot of times, what Jesus said when he said, go and make disciples, we think he said this, that Jesus said, go and make converts. Or maybe a better way we would say it today, go get people saved. And that's the way a lot of the church world functions. They think that's what Jesus did. Well, friends, understand something. That's part of the process. But um, a belief system where salvation is the end game, where it's the final outcome, is a misunderstanding of Jesus' plan. And we really need to get this because one of the reasons people don't become like Jesus in their lives and then therefore are ineffective at making an effect in the community around them is because they don't understand what Jesus is saying here. You see, seeing salvation as the ultimate goal of Christianity would be like if you're going to bake a cake. It'd be like in baking a cake, believing that the final goal, the outcome, was simply cracking eggs and putting them in the bowl. You'd say, well, cracking eggs and putting them in a bowl, that's the, that's the, mo- that's the most important part. I'm not sure if it's most important or not, but it's super important. I've never baked a cake in my life, but that's super important to baking a cake. Right? Do you have have eggs in a cake, right? Please tell me you do. (laughs) I should have asked that question before I made this illustration up. I was pretty sure you have eggs in a cake. And so somebody could say, but cracking eggs and putting them in a bowl, that's the important part. Well, it is important, but it's it's not the final goal. The egg is important, but the goal is baking a cake. So some things are important in the process, but you've got to know what the goal is. The goal is making cakes. And spiritually, Jesus didn't say salvation is the goal. And some of you are going to go, what are you talking about? He didn't say that. He said that discipleship, apprentice making, apprenticeship is the goal. Yeah, you've got to break, you break some eggs. People have to come to know Christ as Savior. But we have this idea that once you say, oh, Jesus, you're my Savior, that's the end of the game. And that's why we have so many shallow Christians in the world who don't really ever become like Jesus because we misunderstand it. They think it's just about getting saved. No, that's just opening the door. Jesus had something very intentional in mind. He said, go make disciples or go apprentice people. That's the goal. Help people become like the leader, like the teacher. Now the question is then, who is the leader or the teacher that we're trying to help them become like? Do we want them all to become like me? No. Who's our leader? Who's our teacher we want people to become like? Jesus. He's the one. So the goal of Christianity is to help people become more like Jesus. Now, one of the things that we know about making disciples, about making apprentices, is that it's not a quick, one-time, done deal. You know, Ripley, you don't get to go to work, and they went to work for one day, and they showed you how to, how to install a light, and they said, you're apprenticed, here's your journeyman's card, go on. It doesn't work that way, does it? It's a process. It's a long process. Matter of fact, how long is your apprenticeship process? Five years. So five years they're going to be teaching you how to do it. It's a, it's a process of learning and growth and development and making mistakes and getting it right. It's a process that takes time and effort by really two different groups of people. By the mentors, the mentor, the person who's going to do it, and it takes effort and time and commitment by the student, the learner, the disciple, or the disciple-e, the apprentice, you know, 
the student in the situation, the one who's learning, needs to have a couple things engaged in this process. They need to be willing to learn and grow. You ever been on by somebody you're trying to teach and they're, they think they know it all? We have a term for it called the know-it-all. You ever try to learn? Your bosses won't like you very much if you think you know it all. Matter of fact, I'm sure they'll have some, 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 some choice words for you um, in, in the trades. But, you know, so a student needs to be a person who is willing to learn and grow, not think they know it all, and they need to put a lot of effort into the process. Do you know that developing into Christ-likeness takes effort? That Ripley's got to get up and go to work five and six days a week for hours and hours and hours to learn his craft? It takes effort also. We put effort into all these things, but we somehow think magically, poof, I just become a mature Christian. It doesn't work. Jesus is saying it's a process. It's an apprenticeship process. So the student has to have effort, but also we understand the trainers, the mentors, they need to understand that they have a role also. That their, their role takes effort and engagement and involvement. And that's what we're trying to do as a church here through Home Point. That their job isn't to be the one who just does everything. But their job is to be a trainer, a developer, to help other people learn and grow and develop and become like Jesus. You know, they lead people through a process. And a way that I've heard said, a great way to think about this is with an acronym. And I've used an acronym and I've told many of you it and I've probably said it in sermons before. But if the process of helping somebody become to develop is the acronym T-D-O-E-E. So write that down, T-D-O-E-E. I should have made a slide for you. I'll tell you what it means. T, tell. Tell somebody how to do something. Tell them, or you can use the word teach, the same thing. Tell them, this is what we're going to do, this is how we do it. Then D, demonstrate it. Show them how to do it. I told you how to, I told you how to wire the outlet. Now I'm going to show you or demonstrate how to do it. Then you observe the person doing it. You observe them. You watch them doing it. Then when they're done doing it, you evaluate. You say, guess what, Ripley? No, the, the, um, the bare wire goes on the green, the, the green screw. That's the ground screw. Am I right about that? <laughs> Got that right. My house is not burnt down yet. Um, you evaluate what they did. And then you encourage them. Good job. Keep it up. That's what Jesus is talking about here. See, Jesus understood this process. He said, go make disciples or go make apprentices. He understands that to do that, I've got to tell somebody what it's like to be a believer. Then I'm trying to raise my kids. I've got to tell them how a Christian should act. And then I need to demonstrate it. You know the old saying, don't do what I do, do what I say? Garbage. Stupid. Causes people to become hypocrites. Don't do that. You tell them, but then you have to demonstrate it. In other words, you've got to live it. And then you have to observe them doing it and say, oh, you know what, Brett, uh, maybe Jesus will want you to do it a little different. Let's think of what the Bible says. And then you evaluate. You say, how did you do? And then you encourage and say, man, us and us two together, we're going to make it with Jesus. That's what you do. T-D-O-E-E. It's a process. Now understand, Jesus understood this process. And he told his disciples to repeat it. But I want you to understand something else. So it's just not some mechanical process. Jesus also gave his church the necessary equipment, the necessary gifts, tools, screwdrivers and pliers, the necessary things needed so that this task could be accomplished. So when we get back to Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he understood this. That's what the Apostle Paul is referring to in Ephesians chapter 4. 
when he wrote about pastors and teachers and the rest of the ministry positions that we looked at a few months ago. Grab your Bible. You should easily be able to find uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Is your bookmark in Ephesians chapter 4? My Bible automatically opens. We've been in chapter 4 of Ephesians for so long, my Bible just opens there. Ephesians chapter 4, we're not going to do the whole thing, but just one part that applies exactly to what is going on here. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. This is what the Apostle Paul says. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Why did he give them? For the equipping of the saints, which is who? You. Anybody who's a believer, New Testament calls a saint. Equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to becoming mature men to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. What's this all about? This is all about the church's role in apprenticing. That's what Paul's talking about. It's about the church's role in discipleship. Paul teaches that God has spiritually gifted certain people so that they can help others be developed into mature, Christ-like people who function together with others in loving unity. What we've been talking about for the last number of weeks and months in the church. The church's role is for the pastors and teachers to invest into other Christians, apprenticing them, toward maturity in Christ's likeness, it's helping other people become more like Jesus. And this is what you need to understand today. God, because he's talking about giftedness here, right? Who's the one who gives spiritual gifts? God by the Holy Spirit, right? So if the Holy Spirit's giving gifts to people to accomplish certain things, whose idea is it for it to get done? God's. So God has designed it so that the church has a vital role in disciple-making. Now, the church doesn't have the whole role, and that's what we're going to talk about next week, but the church, primarily in our context of thinking, the pastors and teachers, have a vital role in helping others mature spiritually and understand something. The early church got this. They understood it. If we look at the example of the earliest church, we see that they understood the church's role in discipleship. Turn your Bibles a few pages back to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts is a history book of the New Testament church. Chapter 2 means the very beginning of the history book of the early church. And they got it right out of the chute. They're living it before, past, before Paul ever wrote it in Ephesians. Because this predates that. Look at Acts chapter 2. We're just going to take part of it. Verse, verses 41 to 43. So then... Those who, were, who received his word were baptized. And that day there were 3,000, about 3,000 souls. They're added about 3,000 souls. In other words, 3,000 people came to Christ. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to and prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Is the apostles. They're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Signs and wonders are also taking place through the apostles. The apostles, who are whom? They are the gifted, spiritually gifted, church leaders, according to this, took the lead in teaching and shaping those who would come to Jesus. And here's the key. 
They had been discipled by Jesus, and now they were gifted by the Holy Spirit to make other disciples. See, God has designed it that the church would have a vital role in the disciple-making process. And the reason that that is so important is because we're living in a day and age where it's changing, where they're saying the church isn't so important. They're saying, just, you know, live on your own, kind of. You know what the largest group of Christians in America is today? According to Gallup, Gallup poll, they call them nons. It means they don't affiliate with any church. They never go to church at all. Jesus says you can't be discipled effectively without the involvement of the local church. That's what he's talking about here. That's what Paul is getting at here. That's what the New Testament church is revealing here. They understood the needed component of the local church. Why? Because of gifted ministry that would take place. Not gifted in the sense that that guy's better than another. Gifted in the sense that God says, I want people to become discipled, so I will put spiritual gifts upon certain people so they can operate beyond themselves according to their gifts. And as they operate according to their gifts, they help my people become who they're supposed to become. God says the church has a vital role in the disciple-making process. We're going to learn next week that it's not to, that the church's role is to come alongside, but the church has a vital role. Now, we take this really seriously at Portview. We understand that we have been commissioned by God to make disciples, and that God has given our church those who have spiritual gifts in teaching and pastoring so that they can help other people as part of our church to become the mature apprentices that Jesus um, intends, that God intends. So for the rest of our time together today, Pastor Paul and I are going to explain how faith path can help you grow spiritually and equip you to help your children and your grandchildren and first of all yourself because you can't do, here's the deal, so many you say, oh, I want to help disciple my children, but you've not been discipled yourself. You need, to learn, you need to grow and develop also. As you grow, you help your kids and your grandkids grow. So I'm going to start by having Pastor, Pastor Paul come up here this morning. We're going to look at, there's four questions I'm going to, between the two of us we're going to answer this morning. And it's not, I preached the bulk of the sermon, so don't be like, oh my goodness, they just started. No. Uh, the theological foundation was the beginning, but two weeks to unveil this program and how it, how it helps accomplish the theological goals that we see the scripture say for, for discipleship. You see, what most churches have done, and I say this, most churches, I've pastored those churches and I've been part of it, we just kind of assume this stuff happens. But we've learned over the years that it doesn't. And so we got people who say, I got saved 30 years ago, and quite honestly, they act no different than they did hardly when they came to Christ. And well, the pro- problem is there's not, there's not a, a, a discipleship tag, not apprenticing going on. And so we need, we're serious about changing that. And we worked for years and years and years already, and it's working. We're seeing people, and myself included, growing and developing. I'm, as we say this, we're both people fully engaged in the process of trying to learn more and grow more anyways, so we're trying to lead by example, right? So, so here's what I want to do. I want to start off by having Pastor Paul kind of explain faith path, and then what's going to happen is he's going to talk about the child's portion of faith path, what that is, because there's two different realms. I've talked to you a lot about in the church how we have kind of two different paths of discipleship. The one is the ideal way, where you come to know Jesus as a baby, mom and dad raised you for Christ your whole life. The other way is my way, the way I lived. You didn't know anything about Jesus your whole life, and you came to Christ midlife, and all of a sudden now you've got to figure things out, but you got all kinds of wrong learning first. And so we have two paths of disciple making. And so Pastor Paul is going to talk about the ideal way first, the, you know, the, the, the God way, right. the best way. So explain what the child's portion of faith path is all about. Well, it's it, it's interesting because like if 
if you think about it, um, in the education world, there are certain benchmarks, right? There are certain goals that that teachers guide their students to. So in, in, in fourth grade, you have the, the state standards that, you know what, fourth graders should be able to know and learn this by a certain point. Or or even if you look at um, how, how children develop physically, you know, there's doctors that say, you know what, by age, whatever, they should be, you know, saying some words or their head should be this big or they should be this tall. You know what I mean? And um, but you know what? You don't really hear that much for for how kids develop spiritually. And so and so the you know, I think the analogy is very true here that wouldn't it be helpful as parents for us to have some guidelines, some benchmarks, some. OK, so my kid is four. what on earth should we be doing with them? You know, how big should their head be? <laughs> how much should they weigh? But um, and, and so really the child's um, piece of faith path is actually it's an age-specific process in which that can happen. It's, it's a strategy to nurturing and guiding your child's spiritual journey kind of one step at a time. And, and, and of course, like anything, there's some fluctuation. You know, if, if, if Joey isn't a certain, you know, if he's, if he's not tall enough yet when he's three, don't worry, he'll keep growing, you know. Like, so there's not, it's not absolutes. And there's some wiggle room in there, but you know what? There are some guidelines, some general direction, and that's and that's what Faith Path does for um, for our kids spiritually. I don't know as a parent, that's incredibly helpful um, when you know academically we know like where they should be or physically how they should be growing, and you know what? Spiritually, we should be able to say, okay, they should maybe be you know should be around here, and so that's kind of where we're going with this. So Faith Path doesn't just cover though the nice thing I like about it, it doesn't it doesn't just cover the when, you know like. By age four, your child should be here. Well, that's that might be good, but it might be bad. But what do you do with it? And so, what Faith Path does, it is it actually covers the what and the how as well. So, how as parents can, you know, can Kristen and I help our three kids try to figure out their next steps spiritually and what they need to be doing? And so, there's there's actually 13 different steps or different kits. Um, there's 12 up there that you see, and then um, splashing in the water up at the top <laughs> is salvation and baptism, because we know that that can happen at any point along that child's faith journey. And so, um, but in those different kits uh, that Portview provides, they're going to be providing these kits, and these kits contain um, recommended focuses, you know, on specific practices, milestones in kids' lives. And so, each kit actually includes a training video. Um, a simple guide, some fun starter ideas, and other recommendations. And so, for example, when your child turns three, if you look at the, the faith path up on the screen here, um, for around the age three, we suggest focusing on developing a habit for the parents of blessing your child. Well, some of you are sitting there saying, well, what is that? What does it mean by blessing your child? Well, you have to look at the kit, and it'll and it'll kind of explain. But um, But what happens as your child ages will suggest other age-appropriate strategies for you to focus on as parents to help develop and help bring your child to that next um, step and where they should be able to move down the road in, their, in uh, on their faith journey. So other age-appropriate strategies such as, as they get older, um, God's intent for sexuality and purity. Um, and, you know, because as a church, we want to be able to help um, mom and dads. You know, the idea of you can do it, we can help. Well, this is the we can help part. Right. And so um, I, I love the fact that it covers not only the when, but the, the what and the how, and, um, and it actually gives some kind of guidance for that. So that, that's kind of a broad overview 
of of faith path. So, so and without me jumping ahead too much, because yeah. there'll be an explanation. So, what you'll get is that that certain time, there's a certain packet of information that'll be available to you that you can get has CDs in it, has recommended book reading. So, I'm not right. sure if the blessing one is the book, the blessing. It is. It is. So, yeah. and the reason this really came to John Trent. Don Trent, the reason yeah. this really came to pass is we were trying to put together a, a grouping of the best materials of the best ages. That's, we were, we've been working on that for years. I had been working on it for 20-some years. And it came, the blessing was one of the things that made me think it. Um, I was on a missions trip one time with a pastor with two of his children, and his, I couldn't believe how wonderful his family was. The husband and the wife and the kids, the kids loved each other. My kids fought like cats and dogs. And I'm like, how did you do this? And I literally said to the, the mom and dad, how have you done this? And they said to me, have you ever read the book, The Blessing? I said, never heard of it. They said, go buy that book, do the book. And it was a biblically based book. So I went home and got the book and I found out I was doing most of it. We had a few things we added, but we started saying there are great resources for every level. And what we need to do is help. If, if you can do it, we can help. We've got to help you know what are the right resources at the right time. Now, does right. this take to be near? So you're also being apprenticed as parents, as individuals. So does it take effort from you? Yeah, guess what? You may have to read a book. <laughs> you read Sports Illustrated. You read the newspaper. You read Facebook. I know you can read. ESPN.com. ESPN.com. You can read. You might have to actually change what you read for a little while and read a book. Now, we're not going to read it for you. But we're going to help you see, there's going to be a packet, so there's information, and, and uh, interestingly, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead, all the stuff in the packets is also on our website. It, it is, in fact, all later on, yeah, we'll show where even if you're like, hey, you know what, what is the next kit, or what would be the next step, or whatever, and we'll explain all that in just yeah. a little bit, but yeah, everything is online, so yeah. that it can be accessed at any time, like you can look at all, you can download all the material, all for free, it's all accessible. You need to understand, this, what we've put together... And I'm not, and that's not like a credit thing. Pastor Paul's done like 99% of the work. The guy who's doing, does our web design is out of Springfield, Missouri, who works for our national office. Understand, if you don't know, we're part of the Assemblies of God. We don't make a big deal out of that. But we are a small little group of 90 million people worldwide, the largest Protestant denomination. They're looking at our website at the national office to say, they've been recommended, you want to figure out how to disciple kids? Look at this little church in Wisconsin. They're looking at our website at the national office trying to say, how can we do this? Right. You know, so this has been, this is, I think, God inspired. I bet, matter of fact, I believe other churches, people have said to us, I look at this, you guys need to patent this stuff. I said, we don't care about patenting it. They're like, they're like, you guys, no, this is, this is, there's not many resources out there that say, what do I do with my five-year-old? Right. This is, what do I do with my five-year-old? What do I do with my 13-year-old? Anybody have a 13-year-old? What do I do with them? What do you do with, what the, do you do with the 13-year-old? W.C. Exactly. Fields was wrong. He said yeah. you could put your kid in a pickle barrel till he's 12 and fit him through the hole. At 12, plug the hole up. That's what he said. I thought of that at times. It was bad parenting. You know? Um, so we're trying to say, how do you do this? What do you do right. to a 12-year-old? What do you do to, how do you help a 12-year-old? How do you help <laughs> how do you a 12-year-old? Help a 12-year-old? Not in a, it doesn't involve a pickle barrel. It doesn't, it doesn't no. involve pickle barrels. So, so anyways, we're, it's all that information. So packets. Right. You can pick up the packets will be out there, and we'll explain it in a while how you right. remind us stuff. But the packets are there, all the resources that say, but your 3-year-old, get John Trent's book, do these right. couple of simple things, you know, and, and, and work on this idea at the right. age. Right, you know, and because... You know, and I, I know I've mentioned this before, but, you know, people want, parents want to have great marriages. Parents, and you know, couples want to have great marriages. Parents want to raise great kids. I mean, that's, you, you know, everyone wants to do that. But the, the two biggest reasons, according to research, why they don't is they don't have time and they don't know what to do. Yeah. 
And so, you know what? Time, time is an issue. Time's an issue for everything. And, and I would say in our code, the number one way to help raise your kids to serve Jesus is you're going to need time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and doing so, the right thing with your do, time. Doing the right thing. And so you, you can't disciple someone apart from spending time with them. If you look at Jesus, he spent time with people. And so you know what? You're, you're, you're going to have to spend extra time with your kids. You're going to have to spend extra time with your spouse if you want to have a great marriage. Well, the same is true for kids. And so, um, and so time is going to have to be something, you know, we, we can't navig- navigate that for you guys, you know. And so you're going to have to figure out how does that look? How can we carve out some time to do some intentional uh, parenting for our kids? You know, but the what do we do, That's this is the piece that we're really, really trying to help with, you know, or say, well-meaning people wanting to do great things. This is Kristen and I have conversations probably like you guys all the time, like, what on earth do we do now? And we look and say, man, I can't believe our kids are this age, or I have no clue what to do. That What he did, that, he was a jerk. <laughs> how, you know, how, how do you help develop? How do you help your kids grow and develop? And, and so, you know, this really helps, at least gives us a track to run on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know what? Give me some, give me some ideas. Give me a track to run on. Help me um, take a couple steps. Man, I'll I'll run. Yeah. You know, but half the time it's what do we do? And so this really helps with the what do we do part. Yep. So that's question number one. What's the child's portion? We're going to talk about right. adult portion in a minute. Question number two, and this is this you might have thought this. Since we're giving you resources, at least making them available, why in the world would anybody want to participate in a Christian ed program? Because remember, we not only do this, but we have kids' churches going on right now. Normally you're teaching right. kids' church. Kids' right. church is going on right now. Our ages younger that are going on right now. And Wednesday nights, not only for adults, but for kids, we have full-blown age-appropriate classes. Right. Well, you're given all resources. Why should anybody have to attend? Right. Um, why would you want to put your kids in that also? Right. You know, and... The, the simple answer to that is because we're doing these stepping stones in all of our kids and youth ministries as well. And so if you, if you look at these stepping stones, this is nothing new for, for our ministries because Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, um, we're already echoing these steps that you guys see up on the screen here. So parents, um, the, these are things that we're already emphasizing, um, with kids, you know, uh, in the nursery and preschool, kids church, Bible quiz, Portview Kids Club in middle school and high school on Wednesday nights. These are things that we're already doing. And, and the cool thing and is... And we're doing on purpose. We yes. have structured our kids' ministries around right. these goals. And now we're just revealing it so they can do it at home. It, exactly. And so, you know, for, for, for a couple examples, if, you, um, you know, you, if you've heard of Portview Bible Quiz, you know, well, at age, I believe it's age seven, it's recommended the faith path step focuses on, on the Bible. Well, why, why age seven? Well, that's... Kids are able to begin reading. They're beginning readers at age seven, and so it makes sense that they would, you would begin to help them say, okay, let's work on reading the Bible together. So, well, it, you know, it, it, in Portview, then we have Portview Bible Quiz um, for kids in 5K through 6th grade because that's a big deal to us. So we're trying to give some structure to some of these stones as well. Um, and they memorize biblical truths and scriptures with their peers after church every Sunday morning beginning, beginning in September. In fact, today... If you want to sign your kid up for Bible quiz, this is like one of the last times to do it. Um, so at the preschool check-in or at kids' church check-in, make sure if that's something you want to participate in or at least check out, just throw your name on there so that we can, we, we can help you do that. Um, or if you look at high school with Pastor Mitch and Amy, the very last um, step in the child's faith path is launching your child into adulthood. It's huge. Like how on earth do you help them make that transition? And, and, and we're not even there yet. You know, this is what you're doing or have just been doing, right? And so, 
But Pastor Mitch and Amy actually work really hard with the graduating high school seniors to find um, campus groups and churches, wherever they may be going to college. And so, um, you know, this happens much more naturally, on, you know, with Pastor Mitch and Amy and, and with our middle school group and in any of these ministries. All of this happens much more naturally if um, those students and if those kids are consistently attending Wednesday nights, that there, there's an easy crossover, there's an easy overlap um, where where you can go between how it looks at home and what's going on at church. If you figure this out, parents and grandparents, uh, sometimes your kids think you're nuts. They ever think you're weird? You ever think your yep. parents are crazy? A little weird? Yeah, a little odd? Yeah. Um, one of the greatest tools you have, mom and dad, is somebody else speaking the same language at the same time. That's right. Um, there's a, a lady who was really known for being a great youth minister named Jeannie Mayo, and she used to say this, every child needs a third voice. The third voice, she said, they got mom and dad speaking it. They need someone else that the kid loves and respects speaking the same thing. So we have structured it so that we're speaking the same thing at the same time. Right. So that you're, what you're doing at home, if you're dealing with your third grader, you're, you know, we're dealing with the same thing at third grade. And so, so that the same general themes, so your kids are saying, well, Pastor Paul, my mom and dad aren't cool, but you're cool. You know, are you cool? <laughs> and my kids would say, yeah. no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> but they think I'm cool. They might think they, they do. Cool. They love you. They yeah. So, so yeah. when I say the same thing, right. it has this, this, this great right. exponential positive effect. Right. That's why it's tag team. And not only that, it's what I referred to earlier from the Apostle Paul in, in, um, in Ephesians 4. It's coming down to an understanding of understanding of a belief of understanding that when Jesus said, I gave gifts to my church to help you become mature, right. that we, we own that. And we say, guess what? And I've told Pastor Paul this all the time. Um, he's an infinitely better teacher of students than I could ever be. It's because of spiritual giftings. So he can do things that I can't do. Guess what? He can do things that you can't do as well. You know, I've asked him, raising our kids, our kids older, I've went to him with questions in the past because he's an educator. Part of that spiritual giftings. So we understand the church has been gifted by God to have the right gifts in place so that it can accomplish the big objective of what is what? It's what? It's making disciples. And right. so we have to recognize the church is a vital component of that. Right. And, and, and along with that, like right now, going on in kids' church, we have a structure in place that... Keenan Karens and Josh Elfline and I think Sheena and Jamie Love are helping. There's merge helpers over there. They are there and because I've had numerous people tell, I've worked with kids for 14 years and they're like, are, are you nuts? How could you do this all day? Well, first of all, it's other people's kids. So, but, but, but really those pe- people want to be there. There are people not, you know, not only us, but other people in the church who are gifted right. and who desire. Absolutely. And, and one of the main things when we ask people to help in kids or youth ministry, it really is, you know what, I love your heart in this area. Could you just help transfer that heart into our kids? That's what we do. You know, and so, and so it really is people who want to be there. They're, they're, they have giftings in yes. other areas as well. Yeah, not, I, so, I wasn't yeah. all saying it was but, like... But it's exponential. Staff. But it is. There's a and lot so, of people. Yeah, like God so builds this church. It's, it's awesome, yeah. yeah. Let's move on to question three. Okay. Because question three, and we hit this a little bit, how, because we haven't even got to adult faith path yet. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can talk fast. I'll be fast. So how does someone use the program? Right. So this is awesome. Sign me up. What do I do? Well, here's, here, here's the nice thing about how faith path to, to get registered for it is actually pretty simple. In fact, probably almost all of you with kids in this room, your kids are already registered for faith path. Because what we do, if you filled out the information sheet for your child, 
um, when they've gone into any of these ministry areas. In fact, I think you guys filled one out this morning, right? Mm-hmm. And th- that really is the ticket to uh, to getting registered for Faith Path. Um, and so, if for some reason though um, you you didn't get signed up yet, or you're not sure if you signed up, there actually is a form online um, that I can show you when we show you the website of how you can go online and do that as well. But what's going to happen, just to make sure that you know and that we know that everyone's registered who wants to be and all that, there's going to be an email that goes out this next week to all of those families with kids that we have information for, and we're going to be sending out an email. So if you've always ignored my emails in the past, make sure you check for this one, <laughs> because um, this is going to be, what, what's going to happen is, on the, that specific birthday of your child, so when, when Joey turns three, around that, uh, that, that birthday time for Joey, you're going to get an email from us saying, hey, I hope Joey had a great birthday, he turns three, come and pick up your uh, faith path kit for three-year-olds, and that has to do with the blessing, um, or seven or eight, and, and, and there's not one for every year. Or go year. to the website and look or, at the and, Yeah, and the other one, the other thing it's going to include a link to, you know, uh, if you want it all online or just download it on your own, here's the link to the page where you can download the information. So that way it's it's constant reminder, hopefully port, pointing people back to the Home Point Center and also to the website where you can access all this yeah. information. Fourteen so, different points over the life of your kid. Exactly. Where you're going to email. Yep. So, okay, so one more thing, yes. one more question. Um, let's say I've come into church and I've got a, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old or eight and a twelve-year-old, and I don't have, you know, I, I didn't start in the beginning. Can I number one get my kid in there so that I'm reminded what goes forward? But what about right. what I missed? Yeah, I mean our our own kids. We were putting this together and we're like, oh, we've missed so many years. <laughs> oh my goodness, they're not going to turn out right. Um, but. <laughs> But you can always, the, the simple qu- answer is yes. You can, of course, start, and, and here's how, here's what we would recommend. You start with whatever the current age is of your child. So, so when you get the kit, please only pick up the kit for the age of your child. Don't pick up all of them before. <laughs> There's a lot of work to build them any, and a lot of money to produce Exactly. Them. There won't be any left. But, um, that's why we put the stuff online as well. And so, yes, you should start with the age-specific stuff. You know, we, we've had parents come in and they're like, we've never been in church before and she's 10 and he's 7. Where do we start? Well, you know what? This gives you an idea on where you start. Start at their age, but exactly. then start at their work age, your but way then backwards. Work back. Exactly. You can still get the kit and look at it and say, exactly. oh, i got to go through yep. the book. I was supposed to do it when the kid was 3. Right. It doesn't hurt. When you I can the book, still bless the blessing, your 10-year-old. I read the book, The Blessing, when my kids were in, you know, they were probably double digits. They exactly. were probably 10-ish, you know. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, so yes, you can. In fact, please do. And in fact, if that's you, then you have a lot, uh, a lot of intentionality that can happen. You know, for Kristen and I, we're going to be doing that, uh, with our kids. There's plenty of things that we have to work backwards on. So, okay. So, yeah. So this has been all talking about the ideal situation, pretty much. Your mom and dad love Jesus. They come to church. They bring your kids. The kids sign up in the nursery. Age three, they get their first email saying first right. faith path kit. In fact, it starts at parent dedication. So when they so, dedicate so their child, parent they get, dedication, they're very yeah, exactly. so the intentionality all the way along. Yep. Now let's be honest, the ideal is almost never real, right? So a lot of you are like me, um, not so ideal. Um, we come into this thing midstream. You come, we talk about you coming your kids midstream, but exactly. here's the reality: you come in midstream. And we make an assumption just because somebody's got some, this is all, that, the kids' faith path is all about um, their, their real number of years age. 
But then we say, well, a person is now an adult, and we make the assumption, well, they come to church, they attend church, they must be growing and being discipled also. It's not true. There's all kinds of research that they do studies on people in church, and they ask them, they try to find out their real spiritual development, find out they're really not a lot different than they were 20 years earlier. It's because there's not been intentionality in discipleship. We do talk about that a lot. So the ideal is you're raised by mom and dad who love Jesus. The real is I never went to church. We went to, we went to the lake cottage every weekend. That was the that was my reality, and so uh, we traded church for that. Um, and so, what do I, what do you do then? Well, we have another portion to us. We have the adult portion of faith path, and I'm going to talk through it really fast because I've I've, I've mentioned this a number of other times. Um, but finally, for the first time, we're getting to launch the full three year program all at one time for adults. And so, it's basically three years, and I'm going to explain really quickly. Three years of stepping stones. And, and so it, actually, when when you first hired me, you said you have to develop an 18-year plan. Well, this is part yeah. of the 18-year plan. But now we have like an 82-year plan. An 82-year plan. That's, because it's, it's because way more than 18 years now. Fourth year and beyond, we have just what you do perpetually. Right. And so year one, this is our recommendations. And these things are designed on purpose. The materials we're going over are on purpose to help you build building blocks on top of another building block. So the first... Step in the Stepping Stone is a book we call the Purple Book. We've used it around here for years. The Purple Book is a very basic um, Christian overview. And so it goes through all basic doctrines of the church. Um, it's one of our Wednesday night classes. And the intention, though, of that book is, a, is to make this point to you. God's Word has the answers. You've been raised, if you come in midstream like me, you never even thought about God's Word having any answer. This shows you by going through just basically different topics that you take your Bible and it says, turn to this chapter, look at this verse, fill in the blank. It's, you do homework with it, but what it does, it says God's Word has the answers. It teaches you, wow, this is not some dusty old book. This book is, is alive and it can help my life. That's the purple book. So in year one, we recommend three classes. Our academic year here is three classes... Um, and then we're starting something new because we take August off. June and July in the future, it's not in here, but June and July we'll be having classes in the future just for men, just for women. And so these classes represent um, nine months of classes, so three three-month classes. First class, the Purple Book. Second class, year one, Experiencing God. We did that as a whole church a while back. I've told you before, I love Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. It's a book designed to help this. Can you really learn to walk with God? It's, he helps you understand, it's also it's a workbook, um, does, can I really know what it's like to walk in a real life relationship with God? That's the whole intention of the book. There's great theology in it, so it'll build on the one before. So purple book, next book, Experiencing God. And the one after that, What's So Spiritual About Your Gifts? It's also a Henry Blackaby book. I'll be teaching this class next this year, the third quarter, um, because this is basically about this. God has given you spirit empowerment, and we want you to help you figure out how do you use that in your life. And so the first year, and you'll see you have a bulletin insert in your bulletin, is talking about the classes that are available right now out of the chute. So the first year, first class is available in the Purple Book. Then, if you look on that insert, the next two things listed on there say under on the faith path, they're under year two or three. These are interchangeable. And if you want to know which one I'd recommend first, talk to me because it really has to do with who you are. Because um, they have different objectives to these. The, so year, year two or three, um, one option in year two is to do the trek. 
The Trek is a class that we've been talking about for years. Pastor Andy, we hired him last year to come in and teach it on Monday nights. It will be taught on Monday nights again here this year. Uh, Mike and Coral Messner will be the facilitators for that class. The Trek, in a very short synopsis of this, it helps you heal past hurts in order to give you an available heart so you can grow. What we learned, the reason we looked for years to try to find a program was, we found out people had all kinds of head knowledge about God, but they were spiritual babies. And the reason they were spiritual babies is they were wounded inside, and they were calloused, and they were unable to, to open up their heart to the activity of the Holy Spirit. You know, and my, my first thought, because we, you've done Trek. Yep. I've, He's I've doing gone, Trek this year. Yeah, I'm going to be going through it. I did life skills. and But when, when I first heard that of like, oh, wounding, and you know, it was my own callousness that was like, I don't need that. I don't need it. You know, I don't need it at all. And, and, and I remember thinking this, you know what? I've only gotten this far in 35 years and, and I'm stuck. And so it, it really helped, helped me develop passing past. Kristen took track this year as well, or this past year. Um, and it's, just, it's been absolutely incredible for us. Yep. Um, and so I, if, if you haven't, or even if you're right now thinking like, I don't need it, I didn't either, I thought. I didn't think I needed it either. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's even for, man, if you're, you're high function, maybe you're doing fine, but you've only gotten so far in the, in the years that you've been around in being able to develop and, and, and improve or try to allow God to do something in your life. It, it really has been a huge catapult for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raise you know, your hand if you've been through the marriage. trek. Look at all the hands in this place that have been through trek. That's awesome. Um, 42 last year from this church went through it. Um, so we're teaching, starting it again, coming up. That's yep. listed as option number two in your handout. Um, so, um, so could a person do Trek without doing the purple book, Experiencing God, What's the Spiritual? Yeah. Guess what? You're adults. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I'm just giving a recommended process of building. Um, and so the Trek could be your, 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 this year's yeah. um, involvement and growth. Um, if you have a question about Trek, ask any of those hands that were raised. They will tell you to do it. Um, year two or three, the second, so the third year or second year, depending on how you do it, would be the apprenticeship series. The apprenticeship series is a series that I talk about all the time. You guys know this, right? This leads to this, which leads to this, right? You've heard that enough times from me. What's this all about? What's it called? Triangle of Change. Thank you. The Triangle of Change. Those three books based on the Triangle of Change. Um, we go through three books by a guy named Jim Smith. I'm actually in a master's program with him in Wichita. Um, he's, I think, the best material I've ever seen on helping people develop in Christ-likeness. General rule is this. We don't become like Jesus by just approaching it head-on. It happens indirectly. As we address certain things in our life, we, we are transformed. So we address, first of all, what we believe, our narratives. One whole book is about our narratives. What do I believe? I'm telling you this. If you haven't really thought, if some of you sitting here say, I know all the right things. You don't. I went through this, and I went, oh my goodness, I can't believe I thought of this wrong my whole life. Suzanne went through it, and she said to me after half a time, now listen, I'm the pastor. I'm out of her husband. I'm her pastor. She goes, how come no one ever told me this? I'm going, okay, I feel like a failure right now. Um, <laughs> and so, so, honest truth, it's been revolutionary for me spiritually. What are my narratives? Second thing, spiritual exercises I can implement in my life to simply give, me, give the Holy Spirit availability into my life. Why is Trek more important at first for some people? Because they can't open up their hearts to the Holy Spirit because they're so hurt. So that's why some people have to do Trek first. But Trek will help anybody. So we had open spiritual exercises. What is what is in my um, what what can I put in my life to give the Holy Spirit act, uh, access? Then I do it with a group of other people, the other corner of the triangle, because we're going on this journey together, empowered by the Holy Spirit. This book, these three books, take you through that journey. 
I'll teach the first two. Robin Parsons is going to teach the third as I, and she's been with us now for two or three years in the program, and, um, and I will teach the third book of the first year. This is what's so spiritual, uh, so, so spiritual about your gifts. I know I'm talking really fast, but we're out of time. And so after that, three years, then what do you do? It's connect groups. Connect groups have the, uh, the, the objective of this, a place to belong, a place to grow, a place to serve. So it's ongoing growth with a group of people serving together, giving the Holy Spirit access to your life so that you can help each other grow spiritually. So that's the forever, that's the 82-year plan for the yes, adults. Right. You do this stuff. So for adults, classes are starting September 7th, Wednesday night, September 7th. There's sign-up sheets out there. A lot of the classes are limited. My class, I limit it to 15 people. It's almost full already. Um, the purple book, about 20 people. And so, you know, uh, the uh, um, trek, we can take as many as we want. Um, so find where you belong, sign up, and you're going to love it. Now, just know you this, you're going to do trek. The trek has a separate orientation. Trek orientation is September 26th. Believe it or not, we have people from all over the community already coming to trek. Because they know somebody who was so helped by Trek that they're coming. I talked to my insurance lady the other day. God honest truth. I called her about car insurance. She said, Mark, your church runs Trek, right? I said, yeah. I got an agent in our office who absolutely has to go through it. But she'd been through it at a different church. And she said, because we've created an alliance of churches called the Lakeshore Alliance of Churches who, are, who all do Trek together. And so um, she said, I got a guy in my office who's going to come to your Trek. With other people from other churches, they're, they're saying, can I please come to your Trek program? And so that's starting, the orientation is September 26th. You're going to say something. The, well, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is I just want to show everybody the website yes. real quick so that you guys can see how it navigates and everything. Um, and so there is um, just going to be a little, a little video of me uh, navigating on the website, and I'm going to try to time it when Steph starts it with when I started up here. So... Why don't you go through it? And, and this is just going to show you um, sh- show you what happens. So this, the website is hp.portviewchurch.com. And if you click right on Faith Path, um, it'll take you to the Faith Path page. Um, and it's guiding your family's spiritual journey one step at a time. And so there's two tabs up there. You see the Child Faith Path and Adult Faith Path. Um, and so that will help you to distinguish between the two. So if you go to the Adult Faith Path, um, it has the big picture, and it, and it shows you what's different from the kid's faith path to the adult. So the first thing there is, is an overview video. I would recommend um, watching the overview video. This is where you register your kids for faith path if you didn't get the email. Um, and then if you scroll down, these are all the steps and where you can um, go ahead and download the material and everything. So you look at you parent dedication, and it would scroll all the way down to um, launching your child off. And then way down at the bottom is one for um, the faith decision, salvation and baptism, because that can happen any time along the road. So so then if you, um, the one I'm going to click on here is giving and serving. In fact, today you want to see the, the church as a huge part of this integral path. There is a merge meeting after church today for um, the giving and serving piece. It's ages nine plus. Um, we have, uh, for anyone in sixth grade or over, can serve in different areas of church. In fact, we probably have three or four different, or no, we probably have six different merge helpers serving right now during this service. Um, and so anyone in grades 6 through 12 um, can serve. And then what they'll show here is you can then go ahead and click, and this shows you all the PDF files and different things that you can go ahead and download or different parts of that kit. 
So, um, so that's how the kits will look. There's a video for the child faith path of each one so you can get an overview on what it is, what's going on with it. Um, and then if you look, uh, when we head over to the adult faith path piece, um, it has all the components in there, and you'll see all of the stepping stones that Pastor Mark just described in the adult faith path um, as you scroll down here, from the purple book all the way through uh, the lifelong uh, connect groups that we want you to be a part of. So uh, before you, le- uh, as you leave today, there's going to be um, overview kits out on these tables out here. Um, there's about, I think we made about 75 of them or so. And so if you're, if you're like, hey, I, I want to know more about Faith Path, I want to know what this thing is, go ahead and grab one of those overview kits. If we run out, then you go online and all the same stuff is there <laughs> online, okay? So you can see it there as well. So I just wanted to make sure everyone could kind of see how it navigated. There's links here to the track that you're seeing in front of you. Um, and so just want to make sure everyone can see that everything, all of this is accessible online. You can sign up for Trek all through the links on our website. Yep. So, so I know it's a ton of information. And uh, honestly, it's been years to finally get it together. Do you think that this is something that God would really like us to be engaged in? You might say, well, boy, church is just supposed to be just fun and easy. It is fun. But you know what? Life isn't always easy. Put the energy into the right thing, you get the right results. Right? Why don't you stand with me this morning? We really take seriously the the church's role in discipleship. And I just want to pray as we close. I know we've run over, so that means the kids' ministers are doing the extra duty today. Uh, We try really hard not to do that. But let's let's just commit ourselves to lives of growth. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you, God, that um, that you have given us ideas on how we can grow and develop. That, Lord, we know it doesn't happen on accident because you're the one who said, go make disciples. You didn't say it would happen on its own. You said, go and do it. You teach people. You help them. You baptize them. You said there's an, an, an engagement, an effort that goes forth into it. So, Lord, now, as we, ha- as we launch this week and next week, Faith Path, we would ask you, Jesus, to help us to um, engage the process so that you, Lord, are glorified, that we are discipled. As parents, help us take seriously our spiritual growth so we can actually positively affect our kids. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We pray you would just bless this endeavor. It's been your idea, we believe, so that your blessings just be abundant. And, Lord, now help us to walk in your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, friends. Um, next week, Pastor Paul is going to talk about it at home. But the plan is we're going to have a video from inside of his house. Um, and so we'll talk about you doing it at home. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.